Nations draws to a close a special focus on the women's game in Wales this week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear at length from Wales prop Keris Hale, including dealing with the social media reaction to results, as well as Wales captain Sean Lillycrap and why she's doing it partly to inspire younger versions of herself. Well, we'll start with the community game in Wales, and it's the sad anniversary this week of the accident that first paralysed Brian Yogi Davis in what was due to be his retirement game for Bala in 2007. Six years later, it cost him his life, but he remains an inspiration at the club, also for daughter Tulare Davis, who earned her first Wales cap three years ago and is now challenging for more. Liz Jones went to Bala Rugby Club to talk to chairman Tony Parry and find out more. Tony, uh, it's quite an important day here for everyone associated with the club. Do you want to just explain why that is? Well, it's 14 years to today that Yogi accident happened, Saturday 21st of April 2007, and uh, we were playing Nantes Conway. It's very important because, well, it was a big loss to the club, even though he carried on doing his work again for another six, seven years, even from the wheelchair. He was such an important member of the club. Can you sum up what that involved with yourself and, and Yogi? How much of an important part of the club he was? Well, basically, Yogi and me done most of the work around the fields at that time. I always said I was the brains and he was the gopher boy. But anything with machinery to do with the fields and everything, he was the expert. During the winter months, he used to take away the gang mower, strip it, clean it all up and bring it back for the season after. So he's very important to us and it was a big loss when his injury occurred. Tell us about where we are right now and what that's all about. We're now standing in Estavet uh, Yogi. It's in English, Yogi's room. It was his dream because our children were playing on the field Then we had to sit in the changing rooms to eat our burgers or hot dogs or whatever we had for food. And Yogi's dream was to build this extension so the kids could sit inside to eat their meals. And I'm glad to say it's turned out well. The the work that went into it and everything, uh, Yogi started it all and he left me to finish it. (laughs) It's a lovely room, views of, of the pitch and, and a veranda as well. And as you say, a room where obviously once you know the restrictions are eased and everything else, children will be able to come back and after matches share moments together again. Yeah, certainly as I got older, I hate seeing the room for children, but after this lockdown's been now, I notice how much I have missed a room for our children making the noise and it'd be lovely to see it back once again to normality. All your teams as well, not just the children? Yeah, well, our, our first team and second team basically go back to our HQ in the, in the Plaskoch, but this is basically for the children. Because we haven't got a, a bar licence here, that's why the first second teams go back, and this was made for the children to begin with. You know, that was obviously important to Yogi, that this is a family club. Oh, it's definitely a family club, it's a community club, it's a family club. I think the thoughts of that keeps us going and we're very well supported in the local area. 
and Tulare has followed in her dad's footsteps in many ways. Tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. Yogi didn't start playing rugby till later on, later on in life. But he was still playing for the first team at 49 years old, which just goes to show something. And Tulare and Ilan, the son, had a big interest in rugby whenever we were cutting the fields. Tulare and Ilan came along and they helped as well and it grew their interest in rugby. And to see Tulare now going on and getting a Welsh cap has been fantastic because as chairman, I want to see somebody playing for Wales under my tenure. And I'm glad Tulare has fulfilled my dreams in one way. The next step is having uh, one of the boys go up and play for Wales. That's the next step. Yeah, is she your first international? No, no, it's Laurie Jones for our first international. Now Laurie Blaine. She played centre for Wales with Ellen from Dolgetle. Tulleri now is the first forward to play for Wales. And I hope she keeps it up. She was part of seeing this through as well and she help set up a girls' team, I understand, here too. Yeah, she was very instrumental in setting up the, the girls' team. All the hard work she put in at the time, which got everything started, and now it's been carried on by Ross Jones in, in the school and some of the girls helping him along as well. So it's, it's a good footing to start off with, but uh, Tulare was the mainstay in the beginning. And she's, you know, continued to be a role model now. So you've got a lot of girls involved in the club, yeah? Definitely she's going to be a role model because she's playing for Wales and these girls will look up and aspire to, to get to that standard. How much are you looking forward to now, as you say, the kids coming back and training, uh, coming back to the club? Have you put the plans in place now? We've got a junior section, junior committee... I leave the decisions to them. With the school development officer we've got here at Jones, at the moment, because of the COVID, we, we're leaving Eros to do most of the work now through the development scheme. And once this COVID restrictions slacken a little bit now, we'll be back on the fields, which I'm really looking forward to because we've got nine acres of fields here and that's been used. So roll on uh, the kids coming back. Yeah, adult teams, are they returning soon? Yeah, I think in May that uh, the senior sides will be returning. Like I say, I, I'm looking forward to having a bit of banter with them again, which uh, is something I, I enjoy as, as I get older. A little bit of pulling each other's legs. And like I say, we're a community club and uh, we work together. So I'm really looking forward to the adults coming back as well. And Tulare has spoken about how returning to rugby for her initially was was to fulfil her dad's dream, but now it's also her dream. You know, how, how proud do you think Yogi would be now? Oh, well, I'm sure Yogi's up there looking down. I'm sure he's a very proud father. There's nothing else you can say, really. She's in the father's mould, really. Plays hard, but plays fair. But, uh, like I say, he's going to be a very proud father. And proud of the club too, no doubt. Oh, definitely. Uh, club Rugby Ball, I was definitely in Yogi's blood.
if he saw something wrong here, he was sure to tell me. We didn't see eye to eye all the time, but we worked through it. There was never, you know, there's a few bad words, which you usually get, but I usually got my way in the end. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So an inspirational story from the community game in Wales which is beginning to kick back into action. But now more on Wales women who finished their Six Nations campaign away in Scotland this weekend. Welsh Rugby Union podcast had the chance this week to have a long chat with prop Keris Hale to discuss all aspects of the women's international game, starting with whether this weekend is a chance for redemption. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a good amount of edge about the squads this week. I think we're all um, really disappointed with how the tournament's gone so far. And as a result, there's definitely been some extra energy around our training. I think everyone's very motivated now to um, put in, more than anything, a good performance on the weekends because we know that then the result will take care of itself. But we definitely believe we've underperformed so far. So an opportunity to really step up there. France, we know the disparity there, but Ireland, that seemed a little bit more of a level playing field going into the game. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing that we're most disappointed with is how we adapt to different pressures. I think perhaps, obviously, we haven't played together for some time and we just weren't quick enough to problem solve on the day. Quite often, when we found ourselves in a position where we were three tries down early on against Ireland, and perhaps we didn't as a squad then adapt and have the right mentality then to really turn that game around and let it get away from us a bit. I think there's some like promising elements in terms of we have produced good things in snippets. So the last scrum against France, we turned the ball over on our own five metre line, or we've produced some good attacking plays as well as some defensive sets. But ultimately, we're not consistent enough. And, and I guess that's something that we'll aim to take into this week. I must be honest, I sort of thought going into the game you'd have a slight advantage because so many of you were playing in England, whereas so few of the Irish team were. But they seemed a bit more coordinated. So was that perhaps because they'd been doing more work together and you'd been playing but separately? Was that a part of it, do you think? Yeah, potentially. I think one thing um, that was clear for us was how drilled they were. and, And it was at the time, I remember thinking it, but also doing some analysis. They all seemed to to know exactly where they needed to be. And obviously that's a credit to the amount of time they've had together before the game. But I ultimately think it was the mindset that let us just get a bit overwhelmed maybe with the start not going as we anticipated because um, obviously it was the same against France. And and I think we got a bit into that, oh, here we go again mindset instead of really turning it around and turning it to be on our terms the rest of the game. So that's definitely something that we'll look to bring this week and have more of a next job mentality. So we've been working a lot around that and about how we're going to really focus in any stoppage of play, have a next job mentality for the whole team so that we're all a bit more, not necessarily structured, but all on the same page then going into the next phase. Because I suppose one thing that you can take into this weekend is that the scoreboard showed a very one-sided game, but for long periods of that match, it was actually quite even and if you'd been able to finish off your opportunities in the way that Ireland had it could have been a, a close game despite that start so there's there's definitely long periods of the game that you can build on to take up Scotland. Yeah definitely I agree with that because um, 
that's always a promising thing about analysis. It's like a bit bittersweet, isn't it? We see those opportunities that we've created but not finished. And we we created opportunities against France as well. So we've proved that we're able to do that against top teams in the world. So it's just how we're going to go ahead and finish those opportunities now and, and make the right decisions around that. And I think ultimately we defended too much. We, we need to be playing in the right area of the field, which is something that we've focused on during training since last weekend. And then hopefully then we can convert some of those opportunities to points this weekend. Italy women are a strong side, but are you a little bit surprised that it is Scotland and in particular maybe the margin of the victory in that game for Italy? I think Italy have really built over the last couple of seasons and like we've had a couple of close games with them, a draw and a narrow lo- loss. So I think I think they are really are becoming a force to be reckoned with and sometimes they are underestimated. I do think that game again could have gone either way having watched it. It was quite competitive but obviously Italy finished their opportunities a bit more again and I think Something for us to keep in mind is that we know Scotland are a team quite like us, really, that really play with heart and they will fight for every scrap. And we know that they're going to be quite relentless in their pursuit of the ball, really. They are quite similar to us. They're a smaller nation who play with big hearts. And so I think it'll be a good battle on the weekend. And just in your area of the, uh, the front row and the set piece, has there been a big focus on that since Ireland? Yeah, we have done quite a lot of set piece work this week and we've like built in some some new calls around the scrum and also a bit more clarity around the line out because we were disappointed with how we've, we performed in the set piece against Ireland because it is something that previously we've been quite good at. And again, it's consistencies around that. We're hitting a great backboard line out and then the next one we're not making. So I guess we've just been doing quite a lot of repetitions this week now. Hopefully that will show on the weekend. We saw flashes of a game plan emerging in the in the last game without it quite being finished off, maybe. Yeah, so um, against Scotland, I think we'll be more organised and more, Warren doesn't like saying it, but maybe structured as such. We're really enjoying playing some unstructured play and really looking to attack the space as opposed to playing the play. But I think we'll be really focusing on playing in the right areas of the field and that will definitely help us because we're, Perhaps we tried to overplay in our 22 previously and we need to be getting into the right half. I think you'll see a bit more directness from us to set up those opportunities on the edge and hopefully hopefully some tries. <laughs> Just on a, on a wider note, it's obviously a new regime. How are things in the, in the Wales women's camp through this, the build-up to the Six Nations, this Six Nations campaign, the World Cup's being delayed, so, so you're not entirely sure what's going to be happening over the summer there may be exciting new tournaments coming in what's the mood in the camp with what's changed now and and what you may or may not have going forward I think at the moment we are building a really good environment I think Warren's come in and challenged us in different ways I've said it before my brain has never hurt so much in a rugby trainer session just because he's challenging our way of thinking which is really refreshing I think we've had to be quite resilient. Like you've said, there's the World Cup being postponed. Um, and again, with those two losses. So I, but I think that's really helped us as a group because I think inevitably when it comes to the World Cup, there are going to be some tough games out there. And if we've got that bounce back ability, it's only going to benefit us. But the overall feel it, it is a really positive one. And the nice thing, like refreshing thing to see is the frustrations coming like from within after the two performances is 
it's only a good thing. Like we're accountable to our own standards now. And I think that the standard has been really driven by players and coaches, created a really competitive environment. So yeah, it's good to be, it's challenging, but, but hopefully rewarding. And social media can be a deeply unfair environment in football at the moment. There's a lot of that, obviously in some rugby and in, in some women's rugby. Do you pay any attention to that stuff? Some people are very reasonable. Some people are not so reasonable. Shall I put it that way? I think it's um, about, I think Shuan put up a quote the other day to not listen to the opinions of someone you won't go to for advice. And that was really changed my mindset around it, really. If I'm honest with you, Sunday I woke up, I put my phone in the drawer next to my bed and I didn't look at it all day because I knew what was coming. And the frustrating thing is a lot of the negativity comes from people who haven't taken the time to watch us or or to get to know us as people or, or however it is. It's easy to judge when you've seen the scoreline, but you haven't seen what we put into it. So it's frustrating to see that. And sometimes it can be upsetting because as a group, we work so hard, like on and off the field. So it can be upsetting to see things like that. But ultimately, I think that quote really did change my mindset on it. And the people that are going to say the negative things, let's be honest, they don't matter. And the people that matter won't be saying those things. So You're busy people. You're you're a busy person apart from the rugby. It's very much uh, only a part of your life, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think that's quite easy to forget sometimes when people are sharing their opinions on social media. And, and again, I think as a group, we're quite happy to be criticised. We're aware that when we're not good enough, people are going to say it. And that's something that comes with the territory. But I think when on Monday I'm, I'm going into work and teaching the, the children. And to be honest, this week I've had a few of the students have seen some of the comments on social media, and, and it, which is frustrating because people don't see that we have other sides to us as people I guess. You mentioned there teaching the children taking some children who've got their own battles and trying to help them that must have been a difficult time in out in out over the last um, few months as well are things settling back to normal for you to some degree with everything? Yeah to, to some degree and I'm, so obviously that this week um, going into Scotland I've had to take a couple of days off and then starting next week is our first full week with all of our pupils and all of the year groups in because we've done like a real graduated return to work so next week I'll probably Monday will probably hit me quite hard but yeah it's starting to get back to normal so that's good and as you say a few of them watching the game a few of them seeing the comments is that maybe an indication that actually having the games on national tv having the women's six nations separate to the men's six nations its own focus do you get a feeling that it is getting a wider exposure more interest yeah I definitely think it has actually and like little things like my next door neighbor messaged recently to say oh I've just seen this and and previously he hadn't realized really that I was involved in the setup but so it's obviously there's more media being put out on there and I do think having the women's six nation separately has brought a wider audience because ultimately people have got more time to watch it I think it has been quite refreshing. And like I said, the pupils in school have really taken notice of this tournament. And I don't know if that comes hand in hand with lockdown as well. It's it's something else to do, but it's been a good experience really for it to be more known. Trying to train for it and trying to balance everything. All the COVID restrictions and having to have a COVID a secure environment as you can, given that you're all working. Has that been an added dimension of difficulty? At first, it was like a bit of a shock to the system, perhaps. But by now, it's something that we naturally build into our routine. We have to get to training a bit earlier to PCR test twice a week, which I'm still not really enjoying the experience of the swabs. But I think 
the WIU have been really good at making that quite a smooth transition and, and it doesn't really take away too much time from our personal lives. So that's good. And I'm catching you now. You're just off to training now. So you have to get to training early. You have to do the test. Then you have to train. How long is it all going to take? Give, give me a picture of the next few hours for you. So we're going to leave shortly because I've got some treatment with the physio beforehand and we'll do a um, COVID test then. Then we have a gym session, which lasts about 45 minutes. And then we go into a unit session to get our line out and scrum right ready for the weekend. Again, that lasts around 45 minutes. We have a short break then to like refuel. So take on some protein perhaps. And then we train after a meeting. So usually we leave about half past eight and we, to get home. Last night was a late one, actually. I don't think we left till about half past nine. So that was a late night. So quite often when I'm working in the school full time as well, I'll have to leave school, go straight to training and then get home about 10 o'clock. But it's worth it, worth it really. <laughs> That's five, six, seven hours of training on top of a day job that length of time because obviously you can't train seven days a week you've got these fewer opportunities you're trying to cram an awful lot in yeah and I think ultimately as well then that's why we're we're so disappointed then if we haven't performed on the weekend because we've given the majority of our week like some some days on my lunch break I might do some analysis as well but before training in the evening so it is a big commitment and I liked um, somebody told me once it's not necessarily a commitment, but an investment because I'm investing my time and then it's something that I love doing. So it is a big investment, but worth it. I'm looking forward. There is on the horizon this new tournament in the women's game, which puts like against like a lot more. So that's quite exciting. You've obviously got a World Cup that was delayed from this year, but it's still on the horizon. What are the things you're most looking forward to in the future? I think there's just so much more opportunity now. And so I'm really excited about the opportunities to play more rugby, perhaps. I, I remember at one stage, I, I think I had about nine caps, but I'd also played nine uncapped games for Wales as well. So those opportunities will be brilliant and hopefully will in, inspire a new generation as well. There's a bit of worry about whether COVID has affected the next group of people that are coming through because they haven't been playing. But Hopefully having that tournament and the World Cup next year to look forward to and to look up to will only inspire those who want to do so. So I'm really excited about what's to come, really, because I think it will be a good period of development for women's rugby. Great. Well, good luck with all that. Good luck this weekend. I hope your hard work pays off, all those long hours in training pay off. I'm sure it will. (laughs) Thank you. That theme of making the most of opportunities now, which didn't exist a few years ago in the women's game, is also something that Captain Sean Lillycrap picked up on, talking to Liz Jones. So in Scotland on the weekend, a chance to really kind of go out on a high from this women's Six Nations. Yeah, definitely. We want to leave no stone unturned and give everything to uh, have a full rounded performance um, and, you know, come away with a, a good performance, which will, will, will hopefully result in a win. You know, it's important for us that we take these opportunities whilst we've got them because we don't know when the next time we're going to play is. And with a shortened campaign, this would be the last game of the competition. So it's really important for us that we learn our lessons. We have reflected really positively and, and honestly. So it's how now we take that to Scotland the weekend. And you and, and Warren have spoken about a performance that represents you as a squad. Can you sum up what that means? 
Yeah, we've spoken, you know, a lot in the press and openly as a squad about our attacking style of rugby and how we want to be better attackers and play an exciting brand of rugby. And that's what we've worked hard on. I think the first two games we've um, gone out the first 20 minutes and, and not had much possession and had too many points put against us, which maybe has made us resort back to old ways. So, you know, we need to be brave, but we need to be sensible in our attack and we need to do the basics really well first and front up physically to give us that opportunity to play um, an exciting attack in brand of rugby, which we want to do. So you know, hopefully that's what we can do. So we front up, we're better in the contact area, which will hopefully allow us to move the ball a little bit better and play some exciting rugby. And you've spoken quite a bit, and and some of your branding as well about play for her, with some images of, of yourselves as young girls and family members, etc. Can you sum up what that's all about? So yeah, we did a, a bit of a culture a workshop, and you know one of the things that we talked about is you know that first rugby experience we had as as kids, how that made us feel, and what exactly made us fall in love with the sport and want to pursue our dreams and carry on. So you know those feelings you had as a kid in your rugby clubs, playing with a ball in hand, and that sense of family belonging, and. Um, that kind of honour that just playing rugby give. We want to play for her now, you know, because there was a reason why we fell in love with the sport and, and Welsh rugby. So just remembering what that moment felt like and, you know, smiles on faces is so important as well because it obviously gave us all so much joy as, as children to carry on playing and to be in the fortunate position we are now. So it's about tapping into that and remembering that joy, that love and everything that the sport brought for us, which really helps us obviously keep motivated and keep smiling and doing what we love. And for you, that was growing up around Wynarloith Rugby Club and perhaps not being able to play quite yet, but you know, you're know you keen to create those opportunities and inspire young girls now so they can play. Yeah, you're spot on there. Like growing up, I was even from a young age, like I think it was three, four, when I was started going to an Arleth rugby club with, with my father and I was water girl, I was tea girl, you know, I was there every training session, every weekend. And even though I couldn't play until I was 17, I still fell in love with the sport way before that because of the community feel and the family feel and the sense of belonging I had to that club. And as soon as I had the opportunity to play, like I loved every minute of it. But, you know, I fell in love with rugby much before that and that just shows the strength of the community game in Wales and what the clubs of Wales can do. But yeah, absolutely want to give the girls the opportunities maybe that I didn't have to play when I was younger, but also the joy that the sport brought me growing up and has made me the person I am today, you know, so... If I didn't have one Arlo's rugby club and my father and my brother involved in that club and them take me down there with them every weekend, maybe I wouldn't be in this position. So, you know, I am really fortunate for that. And they were always welcoming, even though I was a girl, you know, I was still water girl and stuff for the side. So it didn't make a difference that I was a girl and I, I wasn't a boy, you know, as a youngster. So, that you know, I think it's really important. And yeah, girls have got great opportunities now in our, our hubs around Wales and like they're back up and running and being down there and seeing smiles on faces, everyone having a good time is absolutely fantastic after the pandemic and the year we've had. So good luck to Wales women this weekend. We'll report back next week, of course, on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.